0: You are surrounded by good energies, you are blooming into your best self, and you are mesmerizing. Welcome to the Woman Up podcast. When I started therapy for my anxiety and OCD, my therapist asked me how it made me feel daily. I said I wasn't sure how to describe it. What I wanted to say was, I awake and I'm in a house with lots of stairs. As I stare at the whispering walls, I realize something is behind me. The crawling chills alert me. It's after me. I try to find a window to escape, but someone lights a match. The ground blows up in snarling flames, and I drag my coughing body through the blaze of smoke and somehow stumble to an exit. All I must do now is run. But the hunters are too quick. They soon have me trapped. Circling. Circling. I grab a knife that has appeared next to me. I swing. It makes contact. But somehow they are immortal, so my weapon does no damage. They laugh at my horror and their demonic taunts drown out my cries. But it gets worse, because I look up from behind my shaking hands and they are all holding knives and then they start to swing. It goes dark for a while and then I awake and I'm in a house with lots of stairs. When someone asks me, you were fine yesterday, what is so different today? I want to tell them, some days finding the exit is easier. There is no smoke fogging my vision and suffocating me. Sometimes there is something stronger and sharper on the floor for me to swing with. And sometimes the things taunting me don't seem that scary. But no matter what I do, at some point I will awake. And I'll be in a house with lots of stairs, desperate to find a way out. At my last therapy session, my therapist asked me how my anxiety and OCD made me feel daily. This time, I had the courage to say... I wake in a dull, empty room with a messy canvas in the centre. They say, paint. So I go to the tins that were lined on a table, but they'd only let me paint with grey. They said I would lose control if I tried to use the other colours. I realise there's a forbidden colour in my pocket. Before they notice, I chuck the paint. it streams all over my canvas. They howl, but I can't hear. The sun shines through windows that weren't there before, and I gaze in awe at my fresh start, a canvas of pearly white. Now, when I awake in a house of lots of stairs, I find my way to the room with the canvas and I correct my masterpiece. In that moment, I knew that I would no longer let my mental health control me. Finally, I'm free. Hi everyone, I really hope you enjoyed the second part of this little story that I have going, my little poem I have going. As always, I will do a little bit of a chit chat afterwards. So this, is kind of, I wouldn't say it's, Written before part one, but it just includes the canvas, which is spoken about in in part one, and it's just to do with when, like, with my anxiety and my OCD, I'd wake up and I'd feel like I'm living the same day. And I'd feel like I'd have the same triggers, the same traumas, the same panic attacks. Every single day there was was no change, which is why there's like hunters, there's spiraling staircases, there's fire that's burning, there's a lot of chaos. And then towards the end, if I find my way to the room with the canvas, I'm okay. I think another really important part of this piece is the line which says, Oh, but you were fine yesterday, what's the difference today? Because from what I've seen just on, if you get onto like the wrong side of social media or People just aren't educated, or I think a lot in school as well, there is not enough education on mental health. There is this glorification of mental illness and how you just feel like, you know, in a blanket, all in the corner crying. And as much as that might be the case, it might be, there is so much more that goes into it. I think a lot of people will mask how they're feeling. So they might look fine and they might not show that they're not. Coping very well, but I think if you notice your friend is acting maybe a little bit different to how they usually do, or they're a little bit down more. Instead of just being like, "Oh, like how are you?" because I feel like in conversation it's like, "Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you." And it's just that's kind of just like a politeness convention. It's not actually being like, "No, but seriously, like how are you doing?" and be a bit more specific about it. If I don't want to talk about it. Absolutely fine. That's that's their boundary, and it's to be respected. The same as if they want to talk to you about something, and you're like, "I'm really sorry, I'm not emotionally available for this kind of chat today, but I am here to support you." I've just got to set this boundary. Absolutely fine, as long as neither of you feel like you're being like shut out or a burden or upset by any of that kind of communication. Absolutely fine but it is kind of just understanding that you don't know what's going on in somebody's head I could sit next to somebody and have a panic attack and they wouldn't know so you might not see it and I think as well if your friend does like chat to you and it's like oh I'm I'm suffering with this at the moment I'm um, just take some time out of your day to research it and be like oh, okay well if you have any triggers about it let me know because I don't want to do anything that's gonna make you even more anxious or more depressed or anything That there is any way I can help then absolutely but mental health is a personal journey and you seek help when you need it but that does not mean that having support on the sidelines goes unappreciated because sometimes it's just nice having somebody there that's like if you do need to chat or you do need a little boost I'm here I think it would just help a lot more people if people were more open-minded about it just educated themselves a bit more which is why I liked putting that line in there because it's like people don't understand that With mental health you do feel really trapped in this kind of like nightmarish state when you're like battling with it and you're not really out the other side. And as well even if you have it and you can still do your daily activities and it's kind of like you're aware of it and you acknowledge it but you move past it, it's still there, it's still a thing, just because you don't show it doesn't mean it's not there. I just think it's important to kind of end that stigma and appreciate that just because it's not a physical illness even though there are physical components it's still a thing it's still there just because you can't see it and it's a valid excuse response for triggers trauma and should really be dealt with the same way that a physical illness is with the same kind of care and recovery and that's inclusive of all genders whoever you identify as it's relevant to all of you i know that in patriarchal societies where there's a lot of toxic masculinity there is this really very disgusting ideology that you know men can't show emotions for example which again it's like we're all human it's not weakness it's a strength to be able to sit down with yourself and be like this is how i'm feeling today this is how i'm gonna deal with it and i'm gonna do my best to just get through today because like I said, at the end of the day, we're all human, we all have these emotions. I think especially in school as well, there needs to be so much more of this just talked about and it it's seen as normal because I think a lot of people with mental illnesses feel like they're so alone and that they're so like different to everybody else, but the point is you're not, you're still a human being deserving of love and happiness and like good things. It doesn't make you any less deserving of that. It's just educating people about it so that you feel less alone, and talking to people so that you're surrounding yourself with people who are like, oh, I've been through that as well, okay, I feel like less less alone now and less different to everybody else. Which I think is also a positive side of social media. You're following, like, empowering pages and stuff because, oh, it's like you wake up, look at a post, you're like, today's gonna be a good day and I feel less alone. And that's what I'm kind of hoping this piece has done. I'm sorry I've rambled so much. <laughs> I'm hoping this is what this piece has done. You're not alone. And hopefully listening to these, if you do resonate with it and this has given you either an empowering boost or kind of like a thing's going to get better, that's brilliant. (laughs) That's amazing. And wanting better for yourself is kind of like the first step in recovery. It's understanding that you feel a certain way and you want to be your best self and that's something to be really proud of so anyway i'll stop chatting and let you go back to the rest of your day whatever you're doing um <laughs> so i really hope you enjoyed this two-part series please if you would like to if you would like to stay up to date with like posts, announcements and just a little bit behind the scenes of what i'm up to you'll find my instagram page for my podcast and my poetry page which i will link in the description of this podcast do you know what Give yourself a little self-love moment today whether that's 15 minutes an hour a whole day if you if you want to do you know what self-love every day is a must take a little bit of time to yourself do something that's going to make you feel really good today because you deserve a little bit of happiness and i hope that at whatever point you do it you continue to feel really happy and blessed and incredible for the rest of the day because you are and i will see you in the next one bye guys